Welcome to another podcast by Every Nation Brisbane. We're so glad you can join us here today. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at enbrisbane.org. Please enjoy the following message. Our first scripture today is from Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. And then our next one is from Matthew 25. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will, more will be given. For he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thank you, Bianca. That's a very encouraging way to end our reading today. Let's bow our heads in prayer, everybody. Father, thank you this morning for your word, uh, which brings life for us, which also helps us to find your direction. Um, Lord, we thank you that um, you're here and you're speaking to us, your children. We ask Holy Spirit just for your presence to be here, Lord, beyond uh, my capacity to be able to teach your word. I pray, Lord, for the presence of the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Let's get into today's message, uh, How to Make. Uh, We are in this uh, series called How to Make, and in the series, we're looking at how we connect our work to God's plan for our world. And so this is the last in the series. 
if you want to go back and look at the other parts of the series, you can go on our website, ianbrisbane.org. You can subscribe to the podcast there. Uh, all of the messages are there also on our YouTube as well if you want to unpack it because this is the last of the series of which we are going through this connection of our work to God's plan for our world. And so the, la- uh, the title of my message today is The Master's Peace. The Master's Peace. And this is taken from... Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which describes all of us in this room as God's masterpiece. Amen? You are a masterpiece. Encourage somebody next to you again. You are God's masterpiece. If you're next to your spouse, this is your opportunity to get those, as we say in the Philippines, boggy points, diba. Get them in there. You are God's masterpiece. And we looked at this whole uh, idea of awe. Awe, being in awe of God's creation, but we also looked at the the, uh, creation of things that are beautiful as well, made by humanity. Last week, I touched briefly on uh, how, as a creative myself, when I'm in creative spaces and somebody does something so meticulous, so beautiful, it gives me this expression. You remember what the expression's called? It's called the stank face, right? This is DeAndre Jordan for all my NBA fans, who after he dunked uh, the specific dunk, he, he gave what we call the, the stank face. Turn to somebody else and give them your stank face this morning. <laughs> it's like, ooh, so good. Have you ever, have you ever been? <laughs> make, make sure it's because they're awesome and not because of your feet. All right. The stank face is an expression when you see somebody do something amazing. It's like this expression that you... You have as a musician, when you see or hear somebody play amazingly, it gives you that expression like, "Ooh, so good." Uh, I, I, last week I touched on um, how sometimes when you're eating, right, you're eating good food. How many of you have eaten something so delicious that you're like, "Ooh, ooh so good." Uh, that's the stank face. And um, last week we talked about how in Exodus 31, there was a guy named by the name of Be- Bezalel, right? And he was filled with the Spirit of God, and he was able to, uh, he had uh, ability, intelligence, knowledge, and all craftsmanship. Uh, so he was excellent in his work as he was filled with the Spirit. And that's my prayer for us as a church, is that God would utilize through you as he breathes into you, as we sang earlier, as you make room for the Holy Spirit to move, that the Holy Spirit transforms and changes your life so that you make beautiful things for his glory. Uh, last week, I ended with the three points, right? That all that God has called us to make, the challenge is for us to make it beautiful. Everybody say, make it beautiful. Make it skillfully. And make it together, right? Let's do this together. And so I asked the question, and I'm going to um, summarize, I've summarized what I talked about last week, but I'm going to start, I'm going to use this as a catalyst for where we're going to go today and kind of tie this series up. Are you building what God has called you to build? Let me ask you that question again and think about it in the context of your life. Are you building what God has called you to build? Now the passage of which uh, Bianca read earlier Psalm 127, 
It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. How many of you love sleep? I'm here to tell you today that this is a promise from God, that when you are building the way that God has called you to build, God enables you to have good sleep. You know why? Because you're not the one stressed about it because he's in control. I hope you caught that this morning, right? Unless he's building the house, those who build it labor in vain. Everything that we're building should be in accordance with what he's building. Because if he's the one building it, he's building it in us and through us. If we're making beautiful things for his glory, there doesn't need to be an anxiety or an anxious toil. Remember the first week we talked about the difference between work and toil. Sometimes we think that work is as a result of the fall of humanity with the partaking of that fruit that that, um, Adam and Eve were not supposed to eat. But how many of you remember that before that happened, man was in the garden working? That work is actually an active expression of worship and that you and I were created to worship. Now, I need you to, to, at this point, if you are a note taker, I highly encourage you to take notes because I really feel like a lot of what God's going to deposit in your life today is going to help check and change the direction towards what he desires to do in you and through you. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Meaning that, Every single one of us, the mere fact that we're alive, uh, is building something with our lives. We may not see it right now. Maybe the, the only thing we can see is the week ahead. But God is building something in us and through us that is going to outlast us. That's the opportunity that we have. Unless the Lord builds the house those who build it labor in vain. So here's the, here's the uh, question that we ask again. What are you building, Right? What are you building with your life? Are you building in accordance with what God has designed for you to build? Or are you building the way that you feel like you want to build? Have you ever taken the opportunity to actually seek God for how or what he might be wanting to build through your life? Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So, in other words, what the psalmist is saying here is that If you are building in accordance with his will, he will also guarantee his protection and his guarding and his watchmanship over what you are building. You're with me? God is under no obligation to guard you if you're building outside of his will. And so often at times we find ourselves stressed out. And I'm here to propose to you that maybe, maybe the reason why we may be anxious, I'm not saying all the time, but maybe we want to consider The reason why we may be anxious is because we're not building inside his will. For he or she who dwells in the shelter, the covering of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God promises his protection for those who build according to his will. But converse to that, if you build outside of his will, he's he's under no obligation to protect you. Sure, by his grace, he invites you to come back under his shelter, But it's really up to you what you're building. This is the beauty of it, right? Because many of us would say, 
you know, this is a, a question often that is asked in uh, apologetic circles, right? If, if God is really God, then why didn't he just program us to worship him? Well, worship intrinsically would not be worship unless it's under the volition of a person to worship God. It's our choice. Within the scope of his sovereignty, he still gives humanity free will to choose. Okay, I don't want to... Un- unearth some Calvinism versus Arminianism arguments right in the middle of my sermon. But I'm here to tell you today that how many of you know truth, God is sovereign. Amen. Can I get an amen from some real theologians in here? All right. And at the same time, God gives you the choice. You had the choice to come to church. Maybe some of the younger ones didn't, but you had the choice to come to church, right? You had the choice to be here. How many of you know, like this is a great choice because you've come together to love your neighbors, you love yourself, but also to love God together corporately. It's the best choice you can make on a Sunday morning. As great as the beaches are, we come together to worship the beach creator, the beacher. Not even English. Who cares? Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest. What what God is highlighting here, and some of us may be at this point, and Hear me out, okay? There is a difference between stress and anxiety. Some stress is good. What? Pastor Nelly, are you sure? No, listen to me, okay? When you go to the gym and you want to expand your muscles, right? You put your body under stress so that the fibers break so that when they recover, they grow stronger. Strength comes through stress. The right kind of stress. How many of you know there's a right kind of stress and a wrong kind of stress? There's a wrong kind of stress which breeds anxiety and weariness. It's the difference between being tired and being weary. Tired is a condition of the body because you need sleep. Weariness comes because you operate outside of the strength of which God has given you to do what he's called you to do. When you try to do things outside of his will, you are working in your own strength. But you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not just something on a Fijian rugby team sleeve or something, right? That's actually a truth, Philippians 4.13. But you want to be strengthened by him to do what he's called you to do. To build what he's called you to build. He is under no obligation to strengthen those who are not in Christ. Who are not building in accordance with his will. And so when we operate that way, we find ourselves rising up early, stressed out, or going late to rest. Because we're, we're anxious. And I'm not here to say that that's necessarily uh, a sin, but, but it's bad to stay in that state. When we are experiencing that level of anxiety, we should hear the Holy Spirit inviting us back into his shelter. Because guess what? We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that advertises or promotes through social media through filtered images that you need to look a certain way, be a certain way, have this much money. I'm, I'm really tired of, of TikTok financial advisors, right? You all seen these guys? Just because they have a mic with an arm in front of them doesn't mean they're an expert. Let me just tell you that, all right? They don't have any degrees. They haven't been through anything. He's like 14 years old telling you, you can be a billionaire if you try this thing out. And so you're sitting there anxious. Why am I not a billionaire? He's 14. I'm 24. Why is this guy on TikTok? You know, man, are we we kidding right now? 
this, this comparison trap causes us to be anxious and move outside of the shelter of the Most High and define ourselves by TikTok, Instagram, Nine News, whatever the source is, going to see our friends and how come they have that and I don't have that and you'll know what I'm saying or maybe you have a friend that is dealing with that. And so you feel like in order to be in certain circles, you have to change your accent. You have to dress a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You have to suck your gut in when you take photos with people. Okay, maybe that's not anybody here. But it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. What this is highlighting for us is that when you are anxious, it's usually a sign that you are working towards a goal that God never designed for you to work towards. And the invitation is come back under my shelter. Come back into my presence where there's fullness of joy. Come back for where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Come back. Philippians 4 verse 6, don't be anxious for anything, but with prayer, petition, and with thanksgiving, present your request before the Lord, and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Come back under my shelter. Build in my shelter. Build the way that God has called you to build. So what does it look like to build the way that God wants us to build? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here we go. Back to the passage that uh, Bianca read earlier. And how many of you have heard this parable being described as the parable of the talents? And immediately we think about talents as in talent show. But how many of you know that was not what was intended in the original meaning of talents? Talents was a form of weight currency, right? That if you have more talent, you have more weight according to like a precious form of metal that was used as a unit of trade. So, yes, it is in some senses, in a broad sense, it's resource. Some would venture to say because in its essence, in its essentiality, the talent is a unit of finance. So it is speaking financially, but how many of you know, in a broader perspective, it's speaking about any resource you have, your, your three T's. We call them the three T's, right? Time, talent, and treasure. Talent meaning gifting in that, in that example. So... Jesus gives this example, and I want us to notice this. When we look at the context of this uh, parable being told, he tells this parable in the context of other parables. Uh, many of you may remember there's a parable of the ten virgins that is told just before this. And what he's um, contextualizing here is that ultimately it's about a preparation for the return of Jesus Christ. How many of you know Jesus is coming back? And let me highlight this now, and I'll touch on it a little bit later. Some of us may watch the news and think he's coming back like really soon, right? When we see what's happening in the Middle East, in the Gaza Strip, we see the tensions between China and Taiwan, and we see the tensions in Ukraine and, and, and Russia. We see the tensions between the kangaroos and the Kiwis. Yeah, we won 30 nil. Pray for an Australian in the room. They're not feeling good, all my Kiwi brothers and sisters. Let's just give them big hugs today. They need it. But we see all these tensions and we can think, oh man, like he's coming back tomorrow. But rather, okay, I need us to understand this because I'm going to touch on this in a little bit. Rather than waiting at the rapture bus stop, God is still calling us to steward well. Let me say that one more time. Rather than waiting at the rapture bus stop, looking at the timetable of Revelation, reading it through the context of 2023 Australia, rather than looking at it in the context of persecuted first century church, 
we can often think, oh, wow, this must line up with that person being the antichrist. And, the, you know, we, we, it in effect cripples us from actually being able to do what God's called us to do. And so Jesus in Matthew 25 is actually trying to show you, okay, while you wait, there is still some responsibilities. And that's where this parable comes to us. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Whose property is it? His property. Now, his property is not only his finances, but his property is somewhere that you live. Because how many of your homeowners here today? Okay, there's a few of us that own our homes. When we talk about our property, usually the first thing that comes to mind is our real estate profile, right? Our, our home that we own. And so in saying that, when he's entrusting to them his property, it's not just the financial five talents, two talents, one talent that we're about to talk about, but it's also the fact that he entrusted them to be in his property. So they weren't entrusted just with his property. They were entrusted in his property. So in other words, they were entrusted with his house. How many of you are followers of Jesus in this room? Right? If you're a follower of Jesus in this room, you too, as a faithful servant, have been entrusted with his property, with his house, this building, but also the people that are part of this building. And he gave five talents to one, and another to two, and another one to each according to what? His ability. And then he went away. Now, some may say, oh, come on. We want our God to be equal. So why doesn't he give five to everybody? No, he gave it in accordance with their ability. Now here's the trap that we can often fall into. Is that we spend too much time, right? Looking at what other people have rather than actually going for gold on what we have been entrusted with. When you are Busy doing the work of God, being faithful with what he's put in your hand, you are too busy for gossip. For my Tagalog-speaking people, you are too busy for chismes. You are too busy to be a marites, diba. Okay, so cut it out. When the moment you start hearing people talk about other people, you are around a person who is not being faithful for what, what they're given. They're, they've fallen into buying a passport to live in a land called Ur. You know about this land? The land called Ur? If only I was prettier. If only I was richer. If only I was slimmer. If only I was smarter. But he gives, according to your ability, the trap is called the comparison trap. And we must be careful not to fall into a comparison trap. Think about it. The very things that feed you towards you not being enough when God is pleased with the way that he made you. Again, reminder, you're his masterpiece. And you're also the master's piece. And the master wants to give you peace if you'll stop comparing yourself to one another and just enter into his rest being fine, like the great theologian Bruno Mars said, just the way you are. Amen. Amen. Not amen to Bruno Mars, but amen to the point that he has created you fearfully and wonderfully made. Comparison cripples. Do not fall into this trap. I need you to write this down if you're taking notes. What you have is less important 
than what you have to do with what you have. Let me say that again. What you have right now is less important than what you do with what you have. How come I? No, no, no. Take what you have and be faithful to work it, to keep it. You'll remember, what was it? To cultivate it. And you find God, God's pleasure as you co-labor with him to actually produce with what he's put in your hands. So here's the result of this. He goes away for a long time. How many of you know we're still waiting for Jesus to come back? Still waiting for him. And he who had received the five talents went at once. Everybody say at once. No procrastination here. He went at once. He went right away and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, this is my hero, the guy with two talents, okay? He made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Let me just say this real quickly. Uh, The reason why the guy with two talents is my hero is that you never hear him complain about the guy with the five talents. Why didn't I get five talents? He just went to work and was faithful with what he had. I, I love that. I, I want to meet the two-talent guy. All right? Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, here's the thing, okay? You've got at once, and you've got after a long time. Here's the thing that we can fall into here in Australia, is that we live in a very comfortable, prosperous nation. This is one of the most prosperous nations that you can live in the world. Per capita, the resources that are in this nation, the way that the government is structured, we live in a comfortable place. And that's dangerous because what, that, what can happen is that the longer that Jesus prolongs his return, the more comfortable we become and try to lean on goals and fulfillment of which Australia and the environment that Brisbane provides us with, rather than leaning towards being defined by what he has called us to do, to be faithful. And so what ends up happening is that we fall into this trap of just being so comfortable that we forget that he's coming back. You know, We're just like, you know what, I'm just going to bury this and just live this life in the property of where he is, right? And he who had the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you have delivered for me uh, five talents. Here I made five talents more. The master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Now this is a repeated phrase that you hear in the scriptures when people are being welcomed into the kingdom of him. Well done, good and faithful servant, right? He is the one who makes us good through his finished work at the cross. But our response is faithfulness. What does faithfulness look like? We keep showing up. We're consistent. You all know what I'm saying? Like many of us go through ebbs and flows. Sometimes, if those of you are married, sometimes love is is an emotion. It's easy. But sometimes love is a verb. It needs action. Sometimes it's, it, 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 you're, you're motivated and swayed because it's easy to love. Sometimes you have to work towards loving. And it's the same way in our worship towards God. Sometimes you go through life and you're toppled by life. But he still deserves our worship. Amen? 
And so anybody here who has investments can see that there's ebbs and flows in the market. You know, my, my friend Paul here knows there's ebbs and flows in the real estate market. There's always ebbs and flows. It's not always a constant upward to the right. There is ebbs and flows in everything, in all of life. But if you stay faithful, you watch God produce in and out of season. That's what he wants to do. Well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of the master. Now here is the principle. It's the kingdom principle that you must remember. If you've been around me for longer than six months, you will know that I I speak about this principle all the time. It's the fist principle. You remember the fist principle? Hold your fist up. Fist stands for faithful in small things. Faithful in small things. If you forget that, you know what to do, right? Just knock your head, right? Just remember, okay, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be faithful in small things. And if you are faithful in small things, God will entrust you with much. That's the pop principle. That's the principle of promotion. So it's the fist pop, right? If you're faithful in small things, you will receive the principle of promotion in God's time. Because he makes all things beautiful in his time. And he also had the two talents. The guy who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you have delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. Master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But here comes the one guy, right? He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you, did not, where you scattered no seed. For I was afraid and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. So who does it belong to? It belongs to the master, right? Let me, let me just touch on this. Verse 25, how many of you remember that language? I was afraid, and so I hid. You all remember that language? You know where that's coming from? We touched on it the first week. Adam says to uh, God, God says, where are you in the garden after they had partaken of the fruit? And it's not like God is looking for Adam. He's like, oh, where is that that man I created? How many of you know he's omniscient? He knows where he is. He wants him to know where he is. And Adam's response was what? I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. This is the response of somebody who knows about God, but when God shows up, it's like, oh, we move into religious mode. So he hid his talent, and he hid his talent based on this, guys. He hid his talent based on his belief not being holistic, right? His belief and his theology was bad. And so because he built that way, he ended up being anxious and put the talent in the ground. And he ended up not being fruitful in what he was called to build. In other words, he didn't build anything. He was in the property. You're following me? He was in the property, but he didn't build anything. Let me say that one more time. I need you all to catch this, okay? You can be in the property with the property, but not build anything. You're you're, you're catching this? You've heard me say this before, right? Being in the church doesn't make you a disciple of Christ any more than being in McDonald's makes you a Big Mac combo. Just because you're in 
the, the building and you're around the property does not necessarily make you a good and faithful servant. God wants to t you to take what he's blessed you with to steward it well because everything we have belongs to God anyway. My family belongs to God. This job that I have, and being your pastor, having the honor and privilege to do this, this is God's job. My marriage to Tina is God's marriage. My, my opportunity I get to father my kids, to be a dad to them, that's my pleasure to do that, but it belongs to God. Everything I have in this life, my friendships with all of you in this room, it's, it belongs to God, but it's how I steward them. You all with me? It's, it's how I utilize the resources that God has given me to be a blessing and to, to work them. They take work. How many of you know it takes work to build a friendship? It takes work to build a good marriage. It takes work to build a church or build an organization. You know, you may own a company like my sister Lynn. It takes work to build it to the glory of God. Amen? Or, or you, you know, the businesses that we have or the organizations that we get to lead. You have been blessed, blessed with the opportunity to steward it because none of it belongs to you. The, the trap we fall into here in the West is either number one, the comparison trap, or number two, we become entitled and think it belongs to us. I, I deserve this level of education, this free education. The government owns, owes me this. The, my parents owe me this. Like none, of it, like, none of it is ours. Every breath you get to breathe is to be stewarded. It's an opportunity to worship God. But based on his bad theology, he said, oh, I was afraid, so I'm just going to hide it. And of course, the master answers him. He says, you wicked and slothful servant. How many of you know this is completely the opposite of what he said to the faithful servants? Right? Good and faithful. What's the opposite of good? Wicked. What's the opposite of faithfulness? Laziness. So he describes this servant as the complete antithesis of the good and faithful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I, have, where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. There's a principle here that God is trying to teach us. And he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the eternal separation from God if we're not faithful to him. Of course, salvation is a gift from God and it's by grace through faith. But we are also his workmanship or his masterpiece Ephesians 2.10, created for good works. So we aren't saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. And the very opportunity that we get to have, whether you're in this room as a creative, making beautiful things, or you're in this room as somebody who's called to be faithful in a certain industry, being faithful, enjoying the presence of God and whatever that is or even in your homes, or even as you're studying. I know this is hard for my students here to see this right now because you're like preparing for exams. You're like, Pastor Nelly, I don't see God's goodness when I'm going through these mock exams trying to, they're just staring back at me going, ha, 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 ha. I mean, to tell you today, these are just building blocks. This is not the end. 
God is utilizing this as an opportunity for you to grow towards everything that he has for you. All my high school students, all my Ian, Ian B youth here, you know, this too shall pass. Don't make me start talking about stories of when I used to walk through the snow for, for four kilometers to get to school because they're not true, right? If your parents start talking about, yeah, well, you don't have, you know, you got the internet. We had to go down to a thing called the library and use the microfiche before there was an internet. This too shall pass. Just be faithful. See, in those opportunities, in, the, in those trials, there are opportunities to walk with the one who is our master. See, here as I summarize, God wants us to be faithful in small things, that we will be entrusted with much. This is the word of the Lord for the faithful servants. And this is the word of the Lord that invites us to be faithful here today. As you are faithful in small things, you will be entrusted with much and you will also enter into his joy. Remember what I said, if you work with anxious toil towards building a life outside of the property, outside of the shelter of God, you will build something that is not only um, going to cause you to be anxious, but you will build something that will pass away after you, after you leave. It will not last forever. But as you are faithful in small things, as you are faithful to show up consistently and do good work in the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm here to encourage you today that God wants to entrust you with much. And I'm, I'm here to t today just to say this, okay? I need everybody who's a believer in Jesus to look up at me. This is where we're going with this. this is, I'm about to drop a bomb in your spirit right now. You all ready? I believe that there are people in this room that are called to influence nations. I believe there are people in this room, especially my young people here. You're here maybe for a season, but as you go to your countries or to the countries that God leads you to go, God is transforming your heart because you're about to transform a nation. And he's not going to call you just to transform it through government, but through creativity, through entrepreneurism, through being a, a creative who creates beautiful music and art and all of that sort of stuff. But you are going to disciple the next generation in, their, in excellence because excellence attracts excellent excellence and we serve a most excellent God. If you're faithful in small things, you'll be entrusted with much. For those of you who are in the financial realm or you're dealing with people who are in finances, I prophesy that you will prosper. But you won't prosper just to prosper for prosperity's sake so that you can make a rap video and start making it rain on, in your video. It's not, it's not about that. God wants you to be resourced so that you can be a blessing so that you can be the one who is a catalyst towards sending missionaries to the nation, so that you can finance the kingdom of God, so that we can see God's shifting and changing and transforming happening in the hearts of those who don't know him yet. We live in a society here in Australia that has unfortunately had a bad taste of what the church looks like. And this is our opportunity, church, not just to prosper for the sake of prospering, not just to steward for the sake of increase, but to be faithful because we serve a faithful master that shows us that everything actually belongs to him anyway. The universe is his. We just get to serve in it. So here's the thing. Stop building your empire 
and stop building the kingdom. Let me say that one more time. Stop building your own little empire and stop building the kingdom. Because as you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all of it gets added unto you anyway. Because it's all his anyway. But if you're building your own empire, you're under your own shelter. Unless the Lord builds the house, it's builders labor in vain. Don't labor in vain. Don't waste your life. Build a life intentionally that glorifies God in what you do. I love you, church. I love you guys so much. But I really want to see you succeed and prosper as your soul prospers in the prosperity of God's definition of prosperity. So we can see poverty eradicated in our city and in the nations. You are blessed to be a blessing. You live in Australia to be a blessing. Now let's walk out on that journey together. Let's see God's kingdom come in Brisbane as it is in heaven and into the nations that are represented in this room. So here's the question, and I'll close right now. Are you building what God is calling you to build? And if not, why not? Here's the invitation. Let's build. But if yes, are you building it the way that God wants you to build? I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to give us the opportunity to pray for one another and to, uh, to converse about it a little bit. Here we go. Father, I thank you for uh, just this opportunity to come around the truth of your word. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would activate us towards building the way that you've called us to build and building what you have called us to build. Father, whether we are in school here at uni or working, Lord God, with parenting, uh, we're figuring out what season of life we're in. God, I thank you that you have given us time, talent, and treasure to be faithful with. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us, fill us to overflowing to be able to build the way you've called us to build. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's message brought to you by Every Nation Brisbane. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at ianbrisbane.org. Thank you for listening. God bless.